Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. The way your face is no. Please smile for me so that I'll know you are happy. Because one of the things I can't stand is bone your face. So smile for me now. And another smile. And another smile. And another smile. Come on and clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a blessing to be here this morning. And we want to agree with the psalmist when he says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now in Psalms 107 verse 20, the Bible says that he sent forth his word. And he healed us and delivered them from their destructions. There is power in the word of God. And anytime the word of God is about to be preached, it is important that each and every one of us must be in high expectation. There are times when people come into the presence of the Lord and they go back and they don't feel blessed. It is not because the power of God was not present. It is because the attitude with which the person sat through the preaching of the word of God was not correct. And this morning, I want you to believe and I want you to expect that the word of God that is coming our way this morning will bring healing to you will bring deliverance to you. Hallelujah. Amen. And often when God wants to release his word to us, he speaks through his servants. And the Bible says, believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe in his prophets. So shall ye prosper. A prophet here simply represents any servant of God through whom God speaks. And this morning, I am happy in my spirit to introduce to you a very anointed man of God. A very special man of God. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17 that a friend loveth at all times and the brother is born for adversity. So when do you know that somebody is your friend? When do you know that somebody is a brother? It is in your difficult times. It is in your challenging moments. 
And this servant of God who is about to minister the word of God to us. I am honored to call him my friend. And I am honored to call him my brother. He is a co-worker in the Lord's fire. And he is a partner of the work that God has called us to do under the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family. And he has been there for me and for this ministry in so many ways. Together with his dear precious wife, they have generously supported the work that we are doing under this ministry. And this morning, as it brings the word of God to us, I need you to open up your heart. Speak to the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you to receive and understand and grasp the word of God coming your way today. One thing I know for sure is that your life can never be the same again. If you receive the word of God with humility, in faith, and with excitement. And ladies and gentlemen, with Jesus' joy and giving honor to whom honor is due, can you kindly rise to your feet and help me to welcome the ministry of Reverend Kofi Kumsen, not of Chronicles. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Are you glad that you are in the church? Tell your neighbor that today God will visit you. Amen. Amen. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Lift up your hands. Up. And begin to worship the Lord. Speak in tongues. If you can speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Hallelujah. If you don't speak in tongues and you, you want to speak in tongues, this is the time for you to believe. The Holy Spirit is here. Hallelujah. I have more than a song Today I brought myself I am the sacrifice I have more than a song Today I brought myself I am your worship Say to the Lord I have more than this Today I brought myself I am your sacrifice I have more than this Today I brought myself I am your words Receive Receive this living sacrifice. I am your worship. Receive, receive this living sacrifice. I am your 
you, Lord. Receive us. That's what we have, Lord. We present ourselves as a living, living sacrifice. Use us for your own glory. We are nothing without you. We declare that and we mean it. That we are nothing. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Thank you for allowing me to visit visit you once again. Amen. I say visit, I mean to preach to you. Amen. And I want to thank the man of the house, the angel of the house for for accepting me as a friend. You know, I wanted our mama to sing a solo before our minister, but I think that I will show mercy today. Next time. So it's a promise. Okay, put your hands together for next time she will minister solo. Then she will preach too. Oh. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I don't know whether I have a topic. So we'll find a topic as we go. Amen. Amen. Because I have a lot of things to say. So as the spirit leads, we'll flow. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, anytime I come here, I have a special kind of love and appreciation for what God is doing. Amen. Amen. And I have a special kind of appreciation for our pastor. When I hear him preach and teach. Last week, how many of us were here last week? Okay. How many heard the message? So if I come to you right now and ask you, give me two points. But what he, he taught last week, can you do it? Will you be able to do it? Who is saying yes louder like say, yeah. there over there? Okay, so you said yes. Give me a point. Get, 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 get her the microphone. She can't, you see? Who said? Don't who said yes? You see, you are not bold enough. They have changed their mind. Okay, give a point. Give a point. So, one of the points were that the lady developed great love for the village man he was in a relationship with. The village man? Yes. The boyfriend, man. You see, that's, that's how you heard it. They are not See, what you've done is one of my points I was going to talk about. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you. The reason I'm saying this is that you see, it's it's good to be in a church where the pastor takes his time to teach. 
And especially when the person is teaching you about loving Jesus Christ. And so last week for me, all, all I got was that of a, a, I mean a relationship that I should have with my Savior. And that I shouldn't compromise at all. Amen. Amen. And and I love that. You see, when you go to church, at the end of the day, your relationship with Christ must increase. Your eyes must be open to the one and the only one who died and saved you. Hallelujah. Amen. It should not be about the man who was preaching. But it should be about the one who gave his life and sacrificed himself and died to buy us. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 3, verse 14, we all know that verse. Jeremiah 3, 13, 14, uh, 14, 15. The 15 says that I will give you pastors after or according to my heart, who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. We normally emphasize on the knowledge and understanding. But the first person who, or the first person that we encounter is the one who is giving you the the pastor. And he says, I and I will give you. Hallelujah. Amen. I am the one giving you. It is not you asking me to give you. Do you understand? Yes. So when you become saved, God gives you a pastor. Amen. Amen. And one thing we must understand is that when God gives you that pastor, then you have to submit to that pastor. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's not everyone who is your pastor. You can listen to many pastors. You can, if, I, when I come here, you listen to me. But I am not your pastor. I can't instruct you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, don't run to me when you have a problem. The person you must run to is your pastor. Do you understand? When you come to me and I say something to you and you don't take it, most of the time we want to say that oh, this person is rebelling against me. But you cannot rebel against me. You cannot rebel against anyone who is not your pastor. You are surprising. That's why I'm saying this. Okay. You see, in the Bible, rebellion is only against the one that God has assigned to you. If the person isn't God's appointed person, assigned person to you, and God hasn't given that person authority over you and that person is seeking to control you and you resist you are not rebelling are you understanding it? if you God hasn't given you to me so if I come and say something to you 
and you don't agree with me, and you don't accept what I'm saying, I can't call you a rebel because I don't have authority over you. I don't know what you understand it. Because you see, there was a tradition or something going on that anybody who, oh, that you are not in the person's church. The person says that you are rebelling against him. <laughs> I mean, how is that possible? The reason why I'm not in your church is because I don't see you as my pastor. I don't see you as a person who has authority over me. So don't go about saying that I'm rebellious. I don't know. You, are not, you, you your face is not. Are, are you getting it? All right. Say, say I'm getting it. And he says that I will feed you with knowledge. Person who uh, I will give you pastors who feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this knowledge I'm talking about, this knowledge, knowledge, is the knowledge that in Bible times was known in the land or taught by God or his faithful shepherds. Now, this knowledge is different from the head knowledge that we have. The Hebrew for knowledge is there. And we have it from the word yada. And yada means to know. Amen. So the Bible says that uh, Adam knew his wife. So it's a certain kind of intimate knowledge. So when God says that the pastor will feed you with knowledge, he's not talking about worldly knowledge. He's talking about knowledge that is intimate with your maker. Are you understanding it? Because many people think they have knowledge. But you find out that the knowledge they have it's actually separating them from Christ. Oh, many people think they have knowledge. You. If you turn on the, um, if you go on the internet, internet, you go on uh, social media. Social media, a lot of things are happening. And people think that they know. And when you weigh what they are saying, you you wonder. Why people will even follow such people? And yet they are following. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you see, they think they are matured. Maturity in Christ is not the ordinary knowledge that you have. Now let me tell you something. You see, having revelation does not make you a mature person. Are you getting it? You see, because people have revelation. Look, last time when I came here, I was teaching you about the spirit, soul, and body. I, I talked about I didn't teach, but I said something about spirit, soul, and body. And the fact that, you see, when you get born again, you are created in the perfect image of, of, of God. So your spirit is perfect. The, the, the truth of the matter is that your spirit doesn't grow. <laughs> you see, and according to the verse that says that, oh, as you born babies, it's sincere of the word that you may grow thereby. And we think that it's talking about the spirit. And because your spirit is perfect, God can communicate with us with, with your spirit and give you revelation. 
From the first day that you get born again, you can have a, 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 a gift of the spirit and flow in them. That doesn't make you mature. And that is the deception that people have. The, the delusion or delusion or delusion. You take both. Do you understand what I'm saying? So people think that, oh, once I can prophesy, I may even have you know, a uh, uh, prophetic gift more than my pastor. So, so yeah, uh, you know, I've arrived. But revelation does not mean that you are you are matured. You see, as I as I was preparing to come and share with you, God could give me a revelation about His word, and I come and share. But that doesn't make me more mature than your pastor. Are you getting the picture? See, so, so don't don't let us be deceived. When God gives you a man to lead you, He equips him. And so, if you believe that God has given you that pastor, do not separate yourself from him. Hallelujah. Amen. In First Corinthians chapter eight, because you see, when you, uh, one to three, you see, talking about separation. You see, when you separate, the the first sign of a backsliding person is separation from his leader or her leader. When Lot, Lot is a very good example of a backsliding Christian. The first thing he did was to separate himself from, from the one that God blessed. Uh, how do I say? Abraham. God blessed Lot through him. That is through Abraham. But he separated himself from him. And you can see from what happened to Lot that he started going downhill. Amen. If I talk about Lot, I don't think we'll, I'll be able to say what I want to say. But First Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 3. Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. The Bible is saying that God will give you pastors that will feed uh, feed you with knowledge and understanding. But at the same time, he's saying that knowledge puffs up. So it's God contradicting himself. He said, God, you said that you give me pastor. The pastor will feed, will, will feed me with knowledge. But here you are saying that knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. Hallelujah. So you, that's why I'm saying that you must understand the difference of the, uh, between the, uh, the two words. There is knowledge of the world. And there is knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So when God says that he's going to feed, uh, feed you with knowledge, it's knowledge about himself, not about the world. Verse 2. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, nothing yet as he ought to know. Verse 3. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. You see, the knowledge in verse 
In the Greek is the word gnosis. G-N-O-S-I-S. G-N-O-S-I-S. I'll spell it for you. But in verse 3, the, the same is known of God of him. Talking about God is the word ginosko. G-I-N-O-S-K-O. G-I-N-O-S-K-O. It means it's perfect and completed action. It's the kind of knowledge that makes you godly. But with gnosis, it makes you proud. Because God is not the center of that kind of knowledge. So through Bible or uh, Bible history or uh, the the history of the church. There's a group of people who came up who were called the Gnostics. They, they were so proud of the knowledge that they had. It is these Gnostics who came up with the fact that uh, Jesus Christ uh, was not God. But he was uh, 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 first of God's creation. And somehow they will get verses to, to support what they are saying. It is those Gnostics who came up with the, the idea that um, Jesus Christ married Mary Magdalene. And had children with her. And they lived in France. Oh, you haven't heard it before, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, there are, there are teachings like that. Yeah. It is those, those same people who came up with, with um, the gospel according to Barnabas. And the gospel of Thomas. And you will see that even the Quran quotes from that book and says that it's, it's a revelation from God. It's never, it, it, that book existed before, before the Quran came. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so the gnosis, the, the, the kind of knowledge that they had, at the end of the day, it clashed with the knowledge of God because God was in the center. Hallelujah. Amen. But this kind of knowledge will make you godly. Amen. Amen. It will make you godly. Tell your neighbor that. Tell your neighbor. Tell him or her that you seek the knowledge of God. That will make you godly. Hallelujah. The Bible says that godliness. In First Timothy chapter three verse sixteen, let's let's turn to it quickly, 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 quickly. First Timothy three sixteen, but that be fast too. First Timothy three sixteen. Yeah, Timothy three sixteen. Three sixteen. Or I should have my. I, I think I should get somebody to be reading it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Go to verse 15, please. 15. Why does it take so long? But if I tarry long, 
that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So now, now look, look, look. Back to 15. He is telling the person that that you know how to behave yourself in the house of God. He's talking about behavior. And then, and then he goes to verse 16. Then all of a sudden, he said, and without controversy, <laughs> great is the mystery of godliness. He's talking about how a person must, be, must behave. And then all of a sudden, he comes and says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Colon. Do you know what a colon is? Colon is not the one in your stomach. This one is English. Eh? God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. This is a very powerful verse. That is a whole lot of series. Amen. But he's saying that he was talking about mystery of godliness. Then the column means that he's coming to explain. They said God was manifest in the flesh. So godliness is not just what you do. Godliness is a person. Godliness is Jesus. Jesus. Because God was manifest in the flesh. The one who was manifest in the flesh was Jesus. So you see, godliness, because there are people who think that uh, uh, maybe you don't, you have to be godly by not wearing trousers as a woman. When we became born again, in our time, it was a sin for a woman to wear trousers to church. You people are lucky. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, lucky in a sense. I mean, women can now wear, and, and sometimes you can see woman, a woman who has dressed, and there's something called cleavage. Is it cleavage or Cleveland? Cleavage. Sometimes you are a Christian man trying to run away from the things in the world. You come to the to church, and then they are chasing you with cleavage. Half of the breast is showing. And the person has worn some, some tight jeans with all the shape. In the church. It is worse when the person is standing here and, and singing. Not here, but I'm, I'm talking about uh, uh, the podium. Oh, we have to say, you know. In America, I can show you videos. I mean, somebody who's ministering in the church, and you can see through her dress. I'm not kidding. You can see through her dress. She's one shot this thing like this. She, oh, okay, makara, walai. Hey, I, you. Uh, that is not happening, eh? 
in the church of God, so called church fear. of God. Yeah. <laughs> so you see, in nowadays, you can't, a woman, you see, it's about, you know, uh, 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 not wearing jewelry. So, and some churches can't wear, wear yeah, earrings because you have to be godly. You can't do makeup. In some churches, some of you have made makeup. You are, you are going to hell straight. <laughs> you straight. Hallelujah. Amen. But you see, what people don't realize is that when you're talking about godliness, we're yeah. talking about piety. There's a difference between piety and godliness. Piety is what, how you behave and how you know you don't dress like this, you don't do this. But when we're talking about godliness, we're talking about Christ. Godliness, godliness is a person. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, am I preaching? Yeah. All right. So we're talking about a man that God has given you. A leader that God gives you. And one of the things that a good pastor or a good leader should give to any of his children or her children is that a good pastor must inspire faith in you. Amen. So I've said that a pastor must give you knowledge, right? I decided not to talk about understanding because glory and understanding they go together. And if I go into understanding to, to you know, when I come, the time is short. So, and the way you have made your faces, I can't preach for long. If I preach for long, it's like, oh, this pastor, you know, oh, when he comes, it takes too long. And we want our nice pastor, Pastor Johnny. Oh, Pastor Johnny, he will just, Pastor Johnny will just take his time, preach 40, 45 minutes, and he's gone. And sometimes it's because of you. <laughs> the way you make your face is when the thing is so going. They, and as a nice pastor, he must also make sure that you go home early. But you think of this fact, look. It is a generation that we are raising or being raised. A certain kind of Christianity that is coming up now. That we, are, we don't have time for the word of God. We don't have time for preaching. And that is why we lack faith in the church. That is why we lack faith in our, in our walk with God. Hallelujah. Because you see, a pastor must be able to inspire faith. And how does faith come? The Bible says that faith comes by what? Hearing. By what? Hearing. And hearing what? The word of God. The word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at uh, um, uh, verse 14. Romans 10. Because the Bible, you see, the Bible says that the just shall live by his faith. Look, look, my brothers and sisters, listen to me carefully. What I'm saying, you may not understand, but I'm promising you, and I'm telling you, a time is coming. You will need faith to live as a Christian. The things that are coming, uh, look, coronavirus is, is, is small. 
I'm telling you, what is coming because they, they, they couldn't do what they wanted to do with coronavirus. Coronavirus, it was something that was staged, though. it was something that it was planned. Yeah, with the attending or this thing, uh, the, 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 the thing that they inject, what is it? What is it? The vaccine. It was planned. The vaccine was not a vaccine. You know that. If the vaccine wasn't a vaccine. Scientifically, it wasn't a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a vaccine. Because a vaccine is supposed to stop a disease. When they give you polio vaccine, it stops polio. When they give you measles vaccine, it stops measles. Because uh, according to science, they put a little bit of that measles in you, right? And then your your yes, then your your system, your system will fight it and get and uh, immunity, right? Head, head, is it head immunity or something like that? Head, head, H E R D immunity. Okay. But this one, there was no coronavirus in the vaccine. You think about it. And when you get the vaccine, it's not a guarantee that you, you won't get. In fact, now, the people who are vaccinated are getting the coronavirus more than the people who are not vaccinated. And they are hiding that, that fact. The people who are dying at the point where the people were vaccinated. And the people who were vaccinated are now having heart attacks and blood clots and a whole lot of problems. It was planned. But you see, it's, it looks like it's dying out. Do you know that now the CDC in America is warning people about another virus that has come? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> CDC in America is now warning people about another virus and they are saying that that virus is more dangerous and more infectious than coronavirus. A time is coming, my brothers and sisters. You will, you will have to live by faith. Walk by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says that how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15. Verse 15. How and how shall they preach except they be seen? As situation, how is that the verse I'm looking for? Do you go to 14? Yes. Uh-huh. And how shall they hear without a preacher? How can they hear? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And it says that how can they hear without a preacher? So one of the ways that you, you can have faith is by hearing a preacher. Am I, am I making up my own word or the Bible is saying it? He says that how can they hear without a preacher? So you can't have it on your own unless you hear a preacher. I don't know whether you are getting me. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Hallelujah. Amen. 
and hearing. In fact, in, in, in Greek, the hearing the word of God is hearing the rima of Christus. That is the word of Christ. If you have passion, if you have do you have passion, do you have the passion translation? You don't have it. Okay, let me read for you. What kind of passion Bible? Um, Romans ten, right? Seventeen. He says that faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Are, are you seeing it? Yeah. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So faith comes by you hearing, listening to a preacher number two faith comes not only by hearing a preacher faith comes by you hearing yourself are you surprised you hear by reading aloud Faith comes by you reading the word of Christ aloud. Hallelujah. Amen. When I look at your face, it's like you are surprised from the things I say. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. Verse 30. I haven't come to even half of my message. <laughs> this is just introduction. So, if I see you jittering and making yourself, I will give you the mic so you to recount everything that I've said. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you there? And Philip ran that to him. Philip and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And he said, Understandest thou what thou readest? The man was reading. But the way he was reading, Philip could hear him. Are you getting the picture? Okay. Let's go to... Um, James chapter 1 verse 25. James 1:25. First Timothy 4:13 is also under verse and Revelation 1:3. But for time, I'm giving you these verses. Write them down and check them out. James chapter 1, verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continued therein. Being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Now look at the verse. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, he being not a forgetful hearer, you are saying that a person must look into it. So how does the person? Not, uh, not be a forgetful hearer. The person is looking into it and reading. 
what does it have to do with hearing? Because in biblical times, if you say, when you're talking about reading, you're talking about the person saying it, speaking. You read to yourself. Do you understand? The way to read in biblical times is to read to yourself. That is why the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. You, you, you realize that when God is talking about us coming to him, he says, come unto me with words. Come unto me with words. His own words. In other words, when you come, you, you is it come and let us you know, reason together. So you come and remind me. Remind me. So it means that you are speaking God's words back to him. You see, and the, the, the mystery of it is that as you are speaking God's word back to him, there's faith that is in the word. Do you, do, are you understanding it? There's faith that, so as you are hearing the word yourself, faith is developing. So faith comes by hearing the picture and then hearing yourself. So when you take the Bible, verses that you are reading, don't just look into it as you see. Because in the in Bible times, or when the Bible says, look into the perfect law of liberty, it's talking about you hearing yourself. So speak to yourself the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. When you wake up in the morning, speak to yourself about the word of God. As you are reading, read to yourself. As you are hearing, faith is developing. Amen. Amen. But you see, I want to talk to you about the kind of things you must hear. From the preacher. Amen. Amen. Because you see, it's not every preacher who is preaching the word of God. It's not every body that you meet, every Christian who preaches the word of God to you. Sometimes you can meet a Christian and you, you, you have a conversation with him. By the time you, you leave, you are so down. There was nothing encouraging about what you, your encounter with him. You sometimes you, you meet a believer. You give him a job. You give him a business. By the time you 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 part, you have become so uh, downhearted, so disappointed that you wish you had not met him. You wish you had not given the job to him. One of the, the, the my regrets anytime I come to Ghana is, is, is giving jobs to Christians. I'm telling you, you meet somebody, you give a job to the person, the person says that he is an elder in the church and you give him the work. I'm telling you, <laughs> if, when I, if I tell you the things I have experienced, you Christians, Christians, you wonder, is it just being in church or calling ourselves Christians? Hey. There was a lady that a, 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 a prophet was praying, praying for. And as he was praying for the lady, Christian in the church, then God opened the, the prophet and, and said, Oh, lady, you are a pharmacist. So, I'm not a pharmacist. 
What do you do? Oh, I'm a hairdresser. So, but why do you have so many condoms in your bag? Because the prophet saw a lot of condoms, he assumed that. They, 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 they. So, as a Christian sister, as she's going about, she has her own condoms. So, I mean, just think about it. <laughs> Recently, I had I had a, 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 an elder, a mason, to do a work for me. <laughs> so, the work that I gave him, first fence wall. When I came, <laughs> anyone who comes around, I tell him that this man says he used 143 bags of cement. Just fence wall about 12 plots of land that he's fencing. One side, one side is already fenced. Though. So this side and this side and that side. 143 bags of cement. I'm telling you. And he's an elder in the church. bags of cement. And then he tells me that, oh, you will need 6,950 <laughs> blocks. <laughs> and that one is only five cores. You know five cores? It's like five for five. Or two the same room. 6,950. <laughs> you made the person, look, let us be Christians. When we say Christian, let us be people of the word. People that Christ lives in. Amen. Amen. So that when I meet you and we talk, and we have any business deal, I, I go home rest assured. I don't go home weeping. Because the Bible says that we should do good to those who are of the household of faith. But then now you are doing good to the household of faith, and then you are getting. Can I use the word screwed? Is it a good word? In America, you say screwed, so I don't know whether it's. You can't say in America, in Ghana. Eh? Maka, maka. Maka, maka. Ah. Ah. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, my brothers and sisters. What you hear affects your belief system. So Jesus said in Mark 4, verse 24. Quickly. Mark 4, 24. Mark 4, 24. Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. Jesus said two things about, about hearing. One is take it what you hear. And the second one, he says in Luke 8, verse 18. Take it how you hear. So two ways to hear. What you hear and how you hear. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Listen. <laughs> when you hear certain things, it can put limitations on your faith and on your life. And it's all because of that you heard something. There's a story of Kenneth Hagin, Papa Hagin, who is going to be with the Lord. And he shares the story of 
before he was 55 years old. He could memorize the Bible. He had a very good retentive memory. He could recite the Bible. But when he got to 55, after a while, he wasn't remembering those things again. So he went to God and asked the Lord, ah, why can't I remember what And Jesus Christ told him that because you read something that said that from the age of 55 men lose their memory and you believed it just that hearing that when you get to 55 it is normal you know so, so you forget things so he also said oh and it affected him. It made him lose his, uh, his retentive memory. Because he believed it. That is why you don't have to listen to everything that comes away. I'm telling you, don't just listen. When you hear that some people, when you hear them on the radio, turn it off. There are some things that when you hear, when you hear somebody who calls himself Ajagraja, uh, what and all the and the things that you are saying and you listen. Anybody can just pick up a Bible and quote you verses. Look, I can come and prove to you that um, I should marry five. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'll be able to convince my wife that she mm-hmm. will agree. Ah, don't you know that Jacob's wives they agreed and gave their concubines their male servants to Jacob. Jacob. Ah, even David Kroa, who was a man after God's own heart, how many wives didn't didn't even marry uh, 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 Bathsheba and Abigail and all those Michael and all those he married all of them Ah, what about Solomon? Solomon Ah, so we won't go there at all. Ah, ah, look at the judges, chapter and all those people. Look at the women that they married. They had a lot. Jephthah crowd was even the child of. Uh, 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 yeah. And 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 I can you see I can give you all those messages. I can come and stand here to convince you that don't come to this church on Sunday. Because God's will is that we should observe Sabbath. And Sabbath is Saturday. And if you if you come to church on Sunday, Sunday you are worshiping some God. So so if you come to church on Sunday, you go to hell. Oh, who hasn't heard that? You haven't heard heard that? Yeah. We'll tell you that yeah, go go Sabbath. One day somebody was making an argument and I asked him that, Bro, can you prove to me that Sabbath is Saturday? He thought that he had got me because, you know, you can actually prove from the Bible that Sabbath is Saturday. So he was proving, I said, you are proving Sabbath from what Moses and the, uh, the people wrote after they left Egypt. 
That, that's why Paul says that let no man judge you when it comes to Sabbath and the feast days and all because look I can tell you that no you Look, if I'm going to make a debate and argue, I can tell you that today is not a, it's not Sunday. Yes, I can tell you today is not Sunday. Because when God created the world, He says the evening and the day and the morning was one day. Was one day, yeah. Why are we now doing it morning and evening? <laughs> No, you think about it. The Bible says that the evening and the morning yeah, it was one day. Or the first day. Yeah. We are doing morning and evening. Mm-hmm. And you are so proud. You have knowledge that, yeah, <laughs> today is Sunday. When you read the Bible, when it came to the seventh day, there was no morning and evening. All the Bible said was that. On the seventh day, God rested. The, he didn't say whether there was a morning or evening. Read it, you see. <laughs> you see, it's amazing. The morning, the, the seventh day, the seventh day, God rested. When He rested, nobody knows whether it was morning or evening. Nobody knows. Hallelujah. Amen. And another thing too is that you see, even when we calculate, hey, I'm going off my scripture. When we calculate. Uh, 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 Joshua's uh, holding up the sun. If you put all of them in, the, the day was, I mean, the day is, is it's, the whole thing is messed up. You cannot, you know, be proud and say that Saturday. Meanwhile, today, today is Sunday. There's it's Monday somewhere. So which one? Which of the which of the Saturdays are you talking about? Here Saturday or Australia Saturday? Which one? Ghana Saturday. <laughs> are, are you understanding it? That, that, you see, but if you are not strong in the Lord and you hear these things, because there are people who have heard these things and have left the faith. I'm telling you, there are people who have heard. There's this woman that was on on, on television. This woman, I've forgotten the, the something. She brings on this. Uh, Mommy Grace. Mommy Grace. Revelation. You know, she started out as a good Christian. She started out as somebody who was encouraging people to be Christians. Yeah. Now she is worse than Ajagraja. Oh. Uh, 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 I'm telling you, because she shouldn't have delved into that. Probably she shouldn't even have come on at all. Because she wasn't strong enough. Hallelujah. So take it to the kind of preachers you hear. Amen. Amen. Ha. John 14 30. I yeah. have a lot of things to you say. But you are you are you are anyway. <laughs> we'll go we'll go on. Amen. How many minutes do I have? Ten minutes. Hey. I've not even reached half of my message. I should preach. I've preached then. Have I preached? Yeah. Have sure. you have you Much learned something? Oh, you are saying this so that I will stop. I will stop. <laughs> I will stop. Okay. John 14, verse 30. Let me just give you the points and then, okay. Because I'll just give you the points and then we, we end. 
John 14, verse 30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. So, what I'm trying to, uh, the, the picture I want you to see is that the devil is the prince of this world. And in 2 Corinthians 4 4, it says that he is the God of this world. So, one, he is the prince. And then, and uh, in 2 he's the God of this world. Prince talks about somebody who has governmental right, governmental authority, executive and judicial uh, uh, powers. God is talking about uh, religious, spiritual things. So, Satan is, is, is the God. He has powers concerning um, religious things. And so, he is in control of the air, airwaves. He's the God of the air. Amen. Amen. So, he uses these things, you know, deceitfully. To deceive people. That is why you must be very careful of the things that you hear. Amen. Amen. And so, what kind of preachers you must listen to? Let me quickly give you um, this one and then we close. Okay. John 13. Verse 1. It says that now before the feast of the Passover, who Jesus knew that his hour, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of the world so be free, we are unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world. He, he loves them unto the end. Uh-huh. You see the translation. He loved them to the end. When you read this verse, you would think that he's saying that, oh, he loved them, went to the end. But the end here is not the end like It's talking about matured love. In other words, he loved them to till the love was matured. Are you understanding? He loved them to the end of love. Are you getting it? Uh-huh. Now let's continue. Go to verse 6. I want to give, maybe I'll just give you the, the, the picture from uh, 6.14. We all know the story. When Jesus Christ took the disciples and he began to uh, wash their feet. Uh-huh. Then come he to uh, Simon Peter and said unto him, Peter said to him, Lord, does thou wash my feet? Verse Go to verse 8. You see, the one who is doing this has also wasted 15 minutes of my time. Verse 8. So I must recover 15 minutes. <laughs> oh? Uh, you, know you agree with me? Yes. Why? When you mobile, mobile, why? <laughs> smile, please. I need you to smile to encourage me. Amen. Amen. All right. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Peter if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Hallelujah. Amen. If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Verse 9. Peter said unto him, Lord, not, Peter not, said, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Verse 10. Jesus said to him, He that is washed 
Neither not safe to wash his feet. But is clean every weight, and ye are clean, but not all. I want to be quick with this. He says that verse 10. He that is washed needs not safe to wash his feet. Now there are two words here, wash. And there's another wash here. Right? He that is washed needs not to not safe to wash his feet. The word wash here, right? The first wash is the Greek word loo, which means to bathe or to bath. Or, bath is a, or to bathe. Bath. Okay. okay. And he says that it's, it's bathe and needed not except to wash. The word wash here is cleansed. I wish you had a, a, a passion so that everybody could read it. All right. But the passion brings it up clearly. Pastor, can you read Do you have passion translation? Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me see if I can read it. You see, you are taking some of my time away. 13. Okay. Verse 10. Okay. Jesus said unto him, you are already clean. You've been washed completely and you just need your feet to be cleansed. Mm-hmm. Are you understanding it? The reason why I'm saying this is that Jesus Christ took them yes, and then in, in one of the verses he said, in, in, in one of the verses he said that what I am doing, you don't understand it but you understand it later. So Jesus Christ was actually painting a picture about what he was doing. And one thing about Jesus Christ is that anything that he when you read John so, okay, Everything that John wrote about Jesus Christ was about you know the the the, the significance of what he did. Amen. So he, he was talking about washing. But it went deeper than what he did. The Bible says that when you are washed, when you are washed in the old testament, when a person is washed. The first one is there are two kinds of washing in the Old Testament. One is when you are washed from your sins. So, so in the um, the Bible says that uh, uh, there's nothing that is cleansed without blood mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. All right. So they will sprinkle blood. You they kill the blood, uh, the bull, and then they sprinkle blood on you. Yeah. Right. That was the picture of you being your sins are being forgiven. So more or less you have been saved. But there is another one. There is another one that is also done. In, in Numbers 19, when you go, we can read it. From, from verse 2 going. There is a, 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 a red hypha that was, uh, that was killed. That, that verse, I think, put it there so that the, uh, Romans uh, Numbers 19 verse 2 Verse 2. Numbers 19, verse 2. Please, quickly, quickly. Quickly, quickly. Oh, my brethren, I have a lot of things to tell you. Okay. This is the ordinance of the law, which the Lord has commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish upon which never came you. So what they did was that they brought the red heifer, and the red hypha, they have to kill it. Uh, uh, they will burn the red hypha. 
Okay? They will burn it completely to ashes. Then they will mix the water. When you go on to verse, up, up to about, about verse 16, it will tell you that you must mix the water with the red hypha, the ashes of the hypha. And then that, the, uh, uh, when somebody goes out and the person is defiled, you have to wash that person with that water. Okay? That was what Jesus Christ was saying, was doing okay. in John 13. The Bible says in uh, Ephesians 5, 26, that he may wash you with the, wa- uh, the cleansing of the, the blood. of the water, back, which is the word. Okay, that word there is basin, liver. Okay, so they put water in that liver or the basin, and then they will wash the person who has been defiled. Now, this person has already been forgiven, blood has been sprinkled on that person. But when the person goes out and is defiled, like touching a dead body or touching something that is not supposed to touch, he has to come and then be, uh, uh, they wash him with that water. Are you understanding it? Sure. But there was something unique about this thing. The red hypha. Hypha is a female bull. Alright? It's a female cow or bull. In Alright. Now, the significance of, what I, of this is that, you see, in the Bible, when the, when, when, it uses, when the Bible uses female and the male, Male stands for objective truth. Female stands for subjective truth. Okay. In other words, a, 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 a female stands for something that you do to. Mm, Are you understanding it? Male stands for something that the person does. So when you say something is active, it's different from when something is passive. Sure. So a woman is there she expects you to give her. Mm-hmm. You understand? A woman will be very, very emotional and say and do things emotionally. That's how they are made. Mm-hmm. A man is logical, all right, and has to be active, do things. Amen. Amen. Why am I saying all this? And <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. When you you do this, when a female bull is killed and the hypha uh, and uh, it is bent totally, the ash signifies something that has been done or been, I don't know. Can you add something to an ash? You can't do anything to an ash. You understand? It's bent. There was nothing you can do to an ash. So an ash in the Old Testament stood for a complete work that is done. Nothing more to be added to it. Are you getting the picture? Uh-huh. So when Jesus Christ is doing that thing, he's reminding them of the Old Testament way of cleansing. What does it mean? What it means is that any pastor, any leader that you listen to, 
must always point you to the finished work. He must not add anything to Christ. Are you understanding it? You don't add anything. It's a cash. There is nothing you can do to, to, to ashes. Amen. And the female means that it is being done to you. So Christ is the one doing his work in you. That is why if you want to be godly, you must allow the person of Christ to, to have his work. See, godliness is God having you and manifesting his life in you. Not you doing it by yourself. Because when you do it by yourself, you fail. How many times have you tried? I've said that hey, this, uh, this year I will fast 140 days. And yet, by, by, by first month, you already the gas. I will read my Bible 10 uh, chapters a day. First two days, you did it. After a third day, you've gone back to, to zero. But if you will commit yourself to Christ and ask Christ to work through you and live in you, things will change for you. Amen. Amen. Ah, uh, okay. So I think I will end here. Even though, even though, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm actually going on Mon- next week Monday. Not Sunday. I'll be around. So I'll. I'll come. Amen. All right. Have you been blessed today? Have you learned something today? All right. Let's. But you see, church, let's allow our our pastor to teach and preach. Amen. When you come and the teaching is preaching and uh, yes, uh, pastor preach so that he won't feel that the time is going and he has to stop. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are here and you've heard the message and you've heard that you should allow God to work through you but you haven't given your life to Christ this afternoon I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Christ to commit your life to him at the end of the day it comes to giving your life to Christ you are all here one day Within 45 seconds, we all knew of our brother and a good person who has been giving money to people who are in need, helping people who are imprisoned unlawfully, giving the money to start work. His name is Christian Achu. Within 45 seconds, things changed. Now he's no more. Within 45 seconds, more than 20,000 people have died. Life is not guaranteed. But what is guaranteed is that when you give your life to Jesus, you will hold your life. So even when you leave, you are assured that you will be with him. Life does not end with this body dying. We live on when we die. 
So if you are here and I haven't given your life to Christ, I want to urge you today give your life to Jesus. If you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. You are here and you want to give your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right, let's invite our pastor to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for today. And thank you for your word that has come forth to us. Thank you, Father, for the deep truths and revelations that you have given to us. We understand, oh God, that your spirit is the one who gives us deep insight and a deeper understanding and revelation of your word. And I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that as we go back like the believers in Berea to listen to the things that we've been taught today, I pray in the name of Jesus, may you continue to speak to us and open our ears and our eyes to hear what we must hear and to see what we must see. I thank you, Father, for the life of your servant. I pray that every virtue that has gone out of him, you would replace it. Continue to anoint him and use him as a channel of blessing everywhere he goes and wherever he stands to speak your word. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.